Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Good afternoon, Duke City. It's your boy Van here. Where's the other boy? The other boy is across the country. Fred's not here! Fred's not here today, yeah! Fred's still out on assignment across the country, gathering evidence on a fact-finding mission. <laughs> he does like 007, so I can hear the 007 music. Look, Fred would be a horrible 007. You would always see him coming. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's the least inconspicuous person I know. But you got me today. It's your boy Van Nunley, one half of two men on, one third of two men on on Mondays and Fridays. And boy, do I have a treat for you today, Albuquerque. We have a Van and Friends all-star-studded lineup. You want me to rattle them off real quick? Van and Friends, yes. Welcome to Van and Friends. Who are your friends? It's your sports talk radio show, yeah. Tell me who your friends are, and I'll find out, tell you who you were, you're at in life. That's not the official jingle, by the way. I just made that up on the spot. <laughs> you're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Okay, we're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Coal Bank of Legacy Studio. We are powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA. We spend our Fridays at Hollow Spirits. And we sip on that Teller vodka, brother. New Mexico's vodka. I'll tell you all about the Van and Fred's all-star studded lineup today, Vital, since you're so curious. By the way, Michael F. Vital on the other side of the glass there on the ones and twos, super producer. And my middle name is Fred. Ah, interesting. We got, starting next segment, and these are back-to-back quick hitters, baby. Jeff Grammer of the Albuquerque Journal. Ned James, former UNM coach, NFL, I mean, former UNM quarterback and NFL coach. KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. If you're jonesing for more Brandon Ortega, you didn't get enough yesterday. We got a little snippet for you today, a little tidbit. Sebastian Noel, voice of the Duke City Gladiators. And Mr. Everything at ProView Networks. I'm stoked for this one. I'm talking Hall of Fame with Vice President and GM of the Isotopes, John Traub. Ooh, what a lineup. David, hey, that keeps coming, brother. Just you wait. David Carl, New Mexico United, joins us. Talk about pride on the pitch and everything else New Mexico United has going on in the community. As always, we have Josh Sushan, voice of the Isotopes. Going to lead us into the Isotopes game tonight and another special guest chris lurig of safe house distilling and teller vodka is going to come by and say hi 
Is that home of the walk-off watermelon, or did yes, I go sir. Say it backwards? You did say it backwards. You're you're a little lisdexic. I've already had a one, probably. Okay, I think that's watermelon illegal. walk-off. I believe the FCC frowns upon that when you're controlling no, machinery. No, I am. I am totally fine. Oh, you had it on your lunch break. Yes. Yeah, Safe House Distilling and Teller Vodka is home of the watermelon walk-off, which you can get up at Rio Grande Credit Union Field. Isotopes Park, a.k.a. The Lab, as well as the Mariachi Margarita, as well as the Blueberry one? Lavender Lemonade, as well as the Grapefruit Hibiscus Lemonade. I've had all of them. Ooh, your favorite. My favorite is the Grapefruit Hibiscus Lemonade. It is phenomenal. Hibiscus, what is that? Hibiscus? <laughs> yeah. In it's a drink, like a, I have no idea what that is. It's good when you, you take your... Your muffins right out of the oven. It's a it's a hot biscuit joke there. <laughs> They're not all winners, brother, but I'll keep slinging them. <laughs> Vital, I want to tell you about this crazy story I just heard today. All right. So you know, drug trafficking is a problem in Mexico, right? It's a problem that has never gone away and probably will never go away. But it just got hilarious yesterday. And let me tell you why. Unfortunately, you know, the loss of life is never funny. But when it's done in this manner, it's kind of hilarious. PETA won't like me saying this, but 11 narco-traficantes were killed three days ago in the state of Nayarit, Mexico, which is on the Pacific coast. I know you know your geography, Vital, so you knew that already. Of course, down by Baja, California. Boom. So 11 narco-traficantes, and quite unfortunately and quite hilariously, a spider monkey, an armed and bulletproof-vested spider monkey, was also killed in the crossfire. You heard that correctly. I said an armed and bulletproof vested spider monkey who was trained by narco-traficantes were killed in a crossfire. Whoa. State police raided the compound ran by the narco-traficantes. I guess they didn't pay off local law enforcement enough. I guess they didn't have enough money for drones. <laughs> There's that as well. You think they'd use a little bit better technology now, right? All the money they have could have saw it coming. You would think. But anyways, there's a huge shootout at a compound owned by a cartel in Tecuala, Mexico, which is in the state of Nayarit on the Pacific coast. And it's a big thing for narco-traficantes to have their own private zoos. Okay? You've heard of this, right? Scarface had his tiger. That's a good example. If you watch Narcos... Some of these narco-traficantes like to have exotic animals. And it's kind of a rite of passage when you have your own narco-traficante family that you start your own zoo. And by the way, loyal listener, by the way, friend of the show, we're going to be talking sports all day. i got to scratch my itch and tell you about this story. So state police raided this compound, and a firefight ensued. And unfortunately, in the crossfire, died an armed... And bulletproof vested spider monkey. He was wearing oh. a diaper <laughs> and a, a hooded camouflage vest 
under uh, a hooded camouflage jacket underneath his bulletproof vest. It does not get any crazier than that, Vital. This is, I can't decide if this is like a scene from a Will Ferrell movie or if it's a scene from Black Mirror. This is how insane this is. Yeah. They armed and threw a bulletproof vest on a spider monkey and let him loose when they were being raided by police. I want you to think of a story right now that's more insane than that. Exactly. Crickets. Tumbleweeds. Clock ticking. Jeopardy theme. The craziest thing I've heard. You want to hear some crazy other crazy highlights? The guy who was closest to the monkey that was gunned down, for some reason, had a plastic bucket on his head. <laughs> plastic okay. bucket? This just had a, cla- a plastic bucket on his head. He couldn't see, right? He didn't and have... then through the firefight, apparently, a Bengal tiger got loose. Oh, God. And was found roaming the town. And this monkey has already become a legend. Do you know what a... Corrido is, Vital. No, I don't. That is a Mexican folk song dedicated to somebody or someone, something. And a narco corrido is a song or a ballad about a drug dealer from Mexico. So the very next day, a fan, and the monkey is being referred to as El Chuanguito, which just means little monkey, but if you put L in front of it, you know it's the little monkey. Somebody dedicated a corrido, hope I'm saying that correctly, 505-246-0610, tell me how bad my Spanish is, dedicated a song. So the very next day after this spider monkey was killed in a rain of gunfire. He's a folk hero. Now he's already a folk hero. Wow. I could only imagine these drug dealers training the monkey how to shoot a weapon. There's a reason that monkeys have stayed monkeys. They have a smaller forebrain than human beings. That's why they don't use tools like we do. Monkeys have excellent hand-eye coordination, but that doesn't mean they know how to use a gun. I don't care how long you train a monkey how to use a gun. It's going to be horrible. I can just imagine... The tiny spider monkey holding a, a tiny AK forty seven. Talk about just and they're running. Sure. And they're just like they treat they teach the monkey like how to shoot at what I assume would be what a Mexican state police officer looks like. So they train the monkey to shoot at the state policeman, but he doesn't know how to aim. He doesn't know how to wield a weapon. So he's just willy nilly shooting everywhere. And these cops are, I'm assuming. And she turned around on them and, and sprayed bullets. How would you know? Right. It's a friggin' monkey. Unless you ate, unless you fed him before you gave him the gun. So he knows where his next meal comes from. I mean, how does so that? So I need to get this song translated. I want to I read the whole song to you. Hope I could find the lyrics by the end of the show. I just heard about this story like an hour ago, but I had to share it with you. A few of the lyrics that have already been translated is, El Changuito was not brave, but was not shy either. He left us a legacy. Beautiful Changuito, you were like a baby. Grande Changuito Sicario, 
Mexico can be so surreal sometimes. This is beautiful. The last words. He is now on his way to heaven. But he left us a legacy. So R.I.P. El Changuito. You will long be forgotten. I can't wait for the next the Netflix series on your life. This is going to be amazing. Thanks for bearing with me, friend of the show. I had to get that off my chest. I had to tell you about this. I That's highly kind of strange. I, I, oh, oh kind of. It's like, kind of strange. Yeah. It is absolutely insane. It is the funniest it and saddest thing I've ever heard. Planet of the Apes, Part Three. This is what kickstarts it. The apes are going to see El Tronguito and get pissed off and start using tools and start their their thumbs are going to get stronger. They're going to figure out they have the ability to make their own tools. X amount of time later, boom, monkeys with AK-47s. So watch out. Planet of the Apes is coming. This is step one. Now I promise all sports from here on out, the Van and Friends All-Star Spectacular starts next segment with your favorite newspaper writer, journalist, Twitter captain, Jeff Grammer, when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. As always, we're in the John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy Studio. For all your real estate needs, make sure you reach out to John Lopez. Buying, selling, renting, the career field, he's your dude for everything. John Lopez Real Estate, Colwell Banker Legacy. With the first pick in the 2022 Sports Journalist Draft, two men on select Jeff Grammer. Albuquerque Journal. I like it. Welcome like to the it. program, my dude. How you be? I'm good. I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing good, my man. Rolling through. I promised the friends of the show no more uh, narco tra- traficante chinguanito stories. So uh, I don't know if you're listening oh. to the first segment, but... Uh, uh, all, all I can tell you is I'm ready to come at you like a spider monkey. Well, see, a poor so, little a poor little spider monkey was gunned down in Mexico three days ago. Who the cartel trained to shoot at state police. So, uh, well, I, de- I dedicate this segment, and you should do the whole show dedicated to that spider monkey. Okay, R.I.P. El Changuito. And they even they even wrote a song for him. Like he had his own folk song already. Like the next day, I love this story. That's very Breaking Bad. Like I can I can see a song that like on uh, when they did the Pollos and Manos uh, Mariachi song um, in Breaking Bad. I could see uh, I could see that song taken off. Exactly. It's just like uh, it's a corrido. It's just like the Heisenberg uh, Norteño yeah. song. It's it's amazing. Anyways, what? NBA draft tonight, buddy. I know you're always on top of this stuff. Let's start at the top. Reports are Jabari Smith is going number one to the Magic. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, I think everyone's kind of settling in on that'll be number one. Um, for, for anyone who hasn't paid attention much to this, um, the, it's 
it really, really more than most years when they kind of throw in two or three names at the top. This year really seems to be take your pick of any one of the three because I, I see mock drafts now showing Jabari Smith, and those are based on what they're hearing. So Orlando seems to have settled in on him. But I've also seen lists of power rankings or big boards, whatever you want to say, where people are just ranking these players. And I've seen all three of them at the top. I've seen Jabari Smith ranked number one. I've seen Chet Holmgren ranked on some teams or some uh, outlet site as number one. I've seen Paolo Banchero ranked number one. And all three of them really kind of bring something pretty similar, I, in my mind, pretty similar to the to the board, is that none of them are going to be point guards or anything like that. Right. You got... In Paulo Banchero, you got a six foot ten guy. You got Jabari Smith at six foot ten, and and in Chet Holmgren, you got a seven footer. All of them are are tall and big, and not even centers really. So it's kind of unique that you got three guys that can kind of play this uh, this point forward kind of spot on the floor, and uh, they all do still bring something different than than one another to the table. Chet Holmgren's obviously a great defender, can block a ton of shots, play good defense, doesn't have any weight on him. Um, Jabari Smith is an elite shooter, one of the best shooters in the entire draft, regardless of position. And then Paolo Banchero is a great passer and can kind of do a little bit of everything but doesn't defend. So they're all 6'10 or 7 foot, and uh, they're all going to be big men in the NBA making a lot of money in about three three hours from now. So you, you mentioned the big three, and I mean that's the consensus top three. The first pick has been rotating in between those three guys. Who do you think outside of that trio is going to be a impact player early first round? Well, so impact player wise, I mean, I, so I think the next pick is probably going to be a point guard in Jaden Ivey. He, he played at Purdue. Sacramento has that number four pick. Um, I think that's who it'll probably end up being. I, I don't know that for sure, but um, I, I think they'll go point guard at four. I don't know that he'll be the, the biggest impact player. I mean, there's a couple guys down a little bit later, still in the lottery, lottery in the NBA's 13 picks. But I, I think Benedict Matherin from Arizona, who who had a great season for the Wildcats, and uh, he's more of a wing player, a shooting guard, small forward. I think he has a chance to be one of the best rookies in the NBA last or next year or this coming season. I think Shaden Sharp, he's a guy that they'll probably go in the top 15 picks. He did not play this year at Kentucky. He was at Kentucky and enrolled in Kentucky. He he signed with them as a five-star pick out of high school. People expected him to be a superstar. He never actually qualified. And then once he was qual- or eligible, they decided to hold him out anyway. So while he practiced with Kentucky all year, he's really intriguing because I've never seen this before. It wasn't like he went overseas to play or played for the G League like you can do now. He just went to Kentucky and practiced for a year. And now he's going to be a top 10 probably draft pick. So I think Shaden Sharp is somebody to keep an eye on because none of us really know for sure what he can be. I know Johnny Davis, a guy from Wisconsin, a point guard slash shooting guard, is a guy that a lot of teams or a lot of college basketball fans think could do good. Um, I'm not as sold on him. But then the one guy I'll, I'll take a little bit further in the draft, we're not talking real, really deep here, but like A.J. Griffin He's only 18 years old, and he's from Duke. He he wasn't the star at Duke. He kind of got mixed or lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, A.J. Griffin's a, a small forward slash power forward type that I think can be a wing that may end up having a really good NBA career because I think he can defend well. And he's only 18. A lot of these other guys, even Chet Holmgren, who only played one year, you know, he's already 20. And um, A.J. Griffin, 18-year-old guy from Duke, I think has a chance to become really good. Yeah, and that's and that's one thing we were talking about yesterday on the program is these guys are so young and everybody is one and done. You don't really know what you got. There's no 
LeBron James. There's no Magic Johnson. There's no Kevin Durant. There's no like obvious overall superstar in right. the draft. Is there somebody who you think has the skill set will emerge and be that upper echelon talent? So I don't think I don't think any of these guys are going to be in any kind of goat conversation down the road. But I'm sold on all three of these guys having really long, lots of NBA All Star kind of appearance um, to their name. I, I do think the top three, all three of them, can become. I, I suppose that would qualify them as superstars. I don't think they're going sure. to be all time greats. We're not going to be having you know, Steph Curry debates about whether or not he deserves to be an all-timer or not. I don't think they'll be that good, but I do think these are going to be, you know, for the next generation, for, for give us, I guess, just even give us a decade. To give us over the next 10 years, I think all three of those guys at the top are going to be consistent all-stars. They're going to be getting the NBA max deal in three years when they can. I think all of them will get paid and all of them will produce at a high level. This thing I've noticed, this is the most college-heavy draft in a long time. Not, yeah. a, not a lot of overseas guys, not a lot of unknown guys, not a lot of G League development guys. It's almost all college this year. That's pretty unheralded. Yeah, they have a couple guys that you'll see kind of sprinkled in the first round probably that instead of going to college this year, Dyson Daniels is one guy I think could get drafted pretty high. Um, he played in the G League. There's a G League Ignite is the name of the team this year right. that took some guys right out of high school. So I think you'll see a couple of them sprinkled in, but you're right. You're not going to see too many foreign players. You're not going to see too many of those players that took the G League option. Um, you're you're going to see a lot of college players. I don't know what that speaks to. The sample size is still pretty small for it just to be kind of a one-year thing. But if this continues, I you know I would say that would be a pretty good thing for the for the college game. I know they're only one and done guys. And some people say that in and, in and of itself is bad for college. But once you get that NBA draft showing more and more that NBA teams want to see at least one year proven at the college level, then that helps the college game. You know, it, I, I do think there's a trickle down effect when teams like Kentucky and Duke are getting all the five-star guys. Only two or three of them are, if you draft or if you recruit rather, four, four, and five-star guys at Duke, only two of them might go to the NBA draft next year. Then they play another year. And then some of those guys trickle down and maybe transfer. Maybe some of those guys end up at a mid-major school or Mountain West school like in New Mexico. And I don't think the college game is as hurt by the one-and-done as a lot of people that just sort of kind of keep calling for the demise of college athletics and college basketball as much as they think. I think the college game's pretty healthy right now. And I think one-and-dones actually aren't hurting it as much as people thought. All right, Jeff, finally and most importantly, can the 2022 NBA draft fashion match or come anywhere close to peak fashion in 2003? Well, so look, the, the suits of yesteryear where they were these, these huge <laughs> comical things, you know, like, baggy as heck and all that stuff. David Byrne from Talking Heads. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing what they used to do. But if you look at if you get on social media now, Jabari Smith has a kind of a purple thing going. Paolo Banchero has a like a Barney type purple thing. I guess purple's the color to go with this year because some of the suits this year at the top of the draft are gonna be just elite elite level suits, draft night suits. So I like it. Jeff Grammer, thanks for being a friend of the show. Uh how does a loyal listenership get a hold of you out in the community? Uh, I'm on Twitter way more than I should be. Anybody who follows <laughs> me there knows that. I, I'm at, at Jeff Grammer, and I spell them both wrong. It's G-E-O-F-F for Jeff and Grammer with an E-R at the end for Grammer. So at Jeff Grammer on social media. And uh, don't follow me if you don't like updates on La Bamba being the best movie ever and Taco Races at Isotopes Games.
Okay, that's like two out of my five favorite things on earth, so you got me. <laughs> Jeff, appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate you, man. Thanks. And when we get back, Ned James and I talk some NFL football. We talk some quarterback clinics and whatever else he feels like it. Ned is the man. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You're listening to a special episode of Two Men On that we are billing Van and Friends. We do quick hitters with sports sports and sports adjacent legends in the community. And next, boy, do we have a legend. Former UNM quarterback, former NFL coach, and all things NFL. Just an absolute wealth of knowledge and experience. Mr. Ned James, welcome back to the program, my dude. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Thanks for having me. How you guys doing today? Hey, doing good. It's it's me all by myself. Oh, solo. <laughs> solo. <laughs> All right, so you are in L.A. right now at the NFL Black Quarterback Summit. What's what's your role there? What are, what are you doing? Well, what happened is about four years ago, uh, the NFL went to, uh, I guess, Doug Williams and the, the Black College Football Hall of Fame okay. uh, with he and James Shaq Harris uh, put together a plan to help diversity and equity and inclusion within the NFL. And uh, what they wanted to do was have a forum to just kind of put in the pipeline guys that they knew in the NFL that were, you know, potential prospects for, for jobs within the NFL, but just were, you know, getting that uh, ability or, or what, not necessarily the, the ability, but getting the chance uh, to uh, take part um, and and what it was designed to do was just really foster coaches and general managers uh, uh, to you know both new and young guys uh, to to make the the NFL a little bit more diverse and inclusive in the workforce and uh, therefore that there's a general manager summit uh, that's run by Ozzie Newsome and then the uh, quarterback summit is run by James Harris and Doug Williams, and it's just fabulous. It's some of the brightest minds in, in, in the NFL and coaching. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because this year was the first year. I think they just allowed some defensive guys to, to come because defensive guys are trying to pick the minds of the offense because the offenses are getting all the all the pub, and so there sure. were some defensive guys there. And, and I just know a couple of the, the offensive coaches uh, took some shots at, uh, you know, there being more defensive guys in the in the audience this year. But uh, it's really been a, a, it's really been great for me. I've kind of, uh, I've, I've had a relationship with uh, my hero. I used to have him on. I call him my hero because I used to have a poster of him on my wall when he was with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, James Shaq Harris. He and Ron Jaworski were my two favorite players when I was a kid growing up. Now we're colleagues, and uh, he's always asked me. When I coached in the NFL, why I only coached wide receivers? And I've coached on both sides of the ball. I coached linebackers, and you know, I've just my my experience. I've just been all over the place coaching. But I was a quarterback. And he says, you know, you set a record in college. How come you can't get a quarterback coaching job? That you're you're a quarterback guy. And I said, you know, I've always wanted one, but it's just, you know, I haven't been in a position where I can kind of get that that kind of uh, notoriety or that kind of uh, you know position uh, afforded me. And uh, you know, that's. You know, one of the the issues that the um, the league has had, and so they've made it a part of their Rooney Rule that uh, uh, NFL clubs have to interview black or minority candidates for 
quarterback coaching position because I mean I know you guys get frustrated in the media with seeing these guys that are just the quarterback coach of the Rams or the Packers or, or whatever team that's you know hot at the time and those guys are going straight from quarterback coach to head NFL coach mm-hmm. or you know they're coming off these staffs as quality coach quality control quarterback coaches and the quarterback position is just seen uh, as this position apparently is supposed to be the you know the commander in chief and so most most uh, owners who know very little uh really are, are these guys are getting that kind of notoriety and so uh there's not very many and it was very you know it was interesting because Doug Williams started off the <laughs> the summit with a story about uh his experience with John McKay and and that John McKay uh, brought him to his office to talk to him about what he had said to the media guy. The media guy was talking to him during the national anthem when he was drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the 70s. And he said, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm counting the, the black coaches on the other side of the field on the on the other team because, you know, there's no black coaches on our staff. And so McKay says, you can't say that down here in the South. You can't, you can't make those. Co-. And so that's what, you know, led him to this understanding that, you know, the positions, uh, there's certain, you know, jobs, um, that weren't afforded to uh, minority candidates within the NFL, and so he and and uh, and James Shaq Harris, along with the Black College Football Hall of Fame, uh, uh, and Art Rooney the second, and those and guys like that. And there's been some owners and Arthur Blank and some of those guys who have really kind of spearheaded this. And I and I've always said I thought the NFL has has tried. I mean, they haven't done as great a job as they should, but they've tried to incorporate these programs to try to facilitate these owners into bringing on board uh, a lot of great minority candidates. And there's some really sharp coaches, bright minds that are in the NFL now, and, and now they're starting to try to put some quarterback coaches in that pipeline because that's the one position that's really not getting enough attention uh, by minority candidates in the NFL. And I've just been fortunate to be a part of this summit for the last four years, and, and I'm just thankful to know guys like Doug Williams and and James Shaq Harris and uh, they've always invited me. They've always been great to me uh, with the summit and the symposium. And uh, I've done symposiums before with the league, and uh, this is really a great one. And um, they've been they had great speakers, and, and it's just really been a, a, a treat to do. Former UNM quarterback and NFL coach Ned James joins us on the program. He's in L.A. advocating for uh, persons and coaches of color. So you have all these great. NFL minds in one room and one building. Is it all X's and O's at the breakdown? Are you guys talking about bigger issues, about talking about the community as well? What What is these breakouts like? Well, yeah, and, and, and a lot of the breakouts, what's, what's better is the luncheons and, and, the, and the, you know, the dinners and when you get to sit and hobnob with some of these guys. And you just talk about uh, essentially just how you're going to make – you know, guys better. You know, it's not always the X's and O's. It's the Jimmy's and Joe's, as they call it. Sure. You know, you've got to find a way to relate to these young people that are coming into the league. And, you know, um, Troy Walters coaches the Cincinnati Bengals receivers, and he talks about, you know, he talks a little bit about how he has to deal with Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins and some of those guys and, and the veteran players and, and how you have to make them know that you do sincerely care about them because they're not always having great games. They're, you know, they have bad games, too, and they they have games 
where they're not getting the ball and they've got to block and they've got to do all these things. And, yeah, you're saying, hey, yeah, these guys get paid, but these guys have egos. They've got issues going on at home. And you really have to be more about the man than you are about, you know, the job itself a lot of times. You have to be well-rounded. You have to be able to, you know, know how to facilitate these kind of relationships that you're going to have with different different types of human beings coming from different environments. And uh, he just spoke about how, you know, those guys, you have to find a way to get them to uh, be around each other and, and, and be happy for each other's success. And sometimes that's not easy, but uh, you have to find a way because if, if not, you're not going to be very successful. And, and that happens. That's, that's Those are some of the kind of talks that you have with guys. You sit around and you talk about, you know, just uh, just situations you've had to deal with uh, with players and how you were able to overcome them and how guys are, you know, they, they want to be coached. I mean, even on the professional level, at quarterback, you know, and I talked a little bit about how, you know, I could I, I coached quarterbacks, but I didn't, I wasn't the quarterback's coach, you know, because quarterback guys kind of know quarterback guys. And so it's like with Steve McNair when I was in uh, Tennessee, you know, Steve would, and I would always tease Steve because I coached his brother in the World Football League, and I would say, hey, you know, your older brother was better than you. You know, here you got a league MVP and you're telling them that somebody's better the guy just absolutely loved it but you have to build those kind of relationships in order to get guys to trust you and trust you with information uh, that you're giving to them and and, and that was what it's all about we we, we talk about the community and, and, and how we're able to kind of help our communities by being just positive role models and, and being positive about uh, everything that's happening with our experience within the NFL so we're kind of up against it here. Got about two minutes, Ned. Um, I'm sure a ongoing topic here the last four years at this summit is probably fiscal responsibility, representation, what to do with a contract. Quarterback Lamar Jackson is up for a big payday, and he's representing himself. Do you think that's a good idea, and what kind of advice would you give to him in this situation? It's only a good advice if you get exactly what you want, you know. Yeah, so it, there you, go. you know, it's tough dealing with, you know, attorneys and lawyers and you know, you have to really be careful. It's you know, he's he's a special talent and uh he deserves, you know, everything he's probably going to get. And um, you know, as far as what he gets and and how that's determined uh by him or by an agent is uh is really, you know, a matter of his own personal liking. You know, maybe he he doesn't want the big contract. Maybe he you know, he wants a little bit less than people are thinking he should take. You know, you never know, but you know, money, you know, it, it's a strange thing, you know, it makes people act strange, you know. So it's it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, nobody knows uh you know, the media reports you have to be careful with uh cuz you know, the media leaks things and and person and lawyers and, and uh, team uh, executives, they leak things to the media just to favor them. So you just really have to be careful during this time of uh, renegotiations. Ned James, going to have to have you on more and more frequently as the NFL seasons approaches. Thanks for being a friend of the show, and thank you for all that amazing insight. Hey, thank you, guys. Great show. Thanks for having me. Take care. When we get back, Brandon Ortega, KOB TV, we talk a little Title Nine on its 50th anniversary. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Mikey, as much as I love this song, you got to cut it. We got a short segment here with friend of the show, friend in real life, OG homie, KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. Welcome back, my dude. It's been, it's been too long, you guys. It's been too long. It hasn't long. even been 24 hours. It hasn't even been... 
We, yeah, twenty four hours. You did two. You did two hours with us yesterday, but we got eight hot minutes for you today. Today is the fiftieth anniversary of Title Nine, and uh, there's a little press conference today at UNM. What what did what is that about? Hit me with it. Yeah, a big celebration uh, for women's sports. A big celebration for fifty years of Title Nine. Uh, UNM went pretty big with it, and uh, Brianna Wilson. Uh, from our KOB news team, did a great story on it. She's working on it right now. So at 6 o'clock, you got to check out Brianna's. Uh, what really was like a history lesson for, for folks that were at that luncheon, talking about the, the 50 years of Title IX at UNM. When you think about it, it was in the 18, late 1800s that men's sports began for UNM. It took another 70, almost 80 years for women's sports to happen at UNM in the 1970s. So that's just a little sprinkle of, of what that's going to be like. So, yeah, got to check out KOB tonight. Brianna Wells did a great job uh, breaking down the Lobo Luncheon for Title IX 50 years in New Mexico. And Title IX being as important as it is, I mean, a lot of people think about it fiscally, that it takes away money from the money-making sports and, and gives it to the money pits of like the smaller men's sports and some of the smaller women's sports. But to me, I mean, it's about equality. It's about access to education and everybody having a fair shot at the American dream. What, what does Title IX mean to you? I think you hit it on the money. It's about equality. It's about opportunity for, for women just as much for men. And the education that women have been able to get out of scholarships and opportunities to attend UNM have led to, I mean, yeah, there's been countless women have gone on to do great things in professional sports and, and, and coaching and lots of things in the sports world, but there's been many lawyers, doctors, right. people that have gone on to do great things and all kinds of different jobs. And I think of someone right now that just graduated uh, UNM softball, Andrea Howard, an Albuquerque native, who is – uh, looking into medical school, a future doctor. And, and she was an Olympian just last year with the Italian national team playing softball. So someone that has excelled in, in sports, but that is going to excel even more in life and whatever she decides to do in the medical field. So it has, in my book, pretty little to do with sports. It has a lot more to do with where these opportunities take women in the future. Yeah, thanks for that right there. I think you also nailed it. Well, absolutely well said. So there's been some compliance issues here in our local state with UNM and New Mexico State University uh, about making sure that the Title IX uh, technicalities are upheld. Do you see like a problem countrywide of all of these major universities that the, the universities themselves aren't doing what they have to do to make sure that women have access to education there as represented as men? And that's a big one. Yeah, and that's, and that's very broad, not just for New Mexico, but across the country. I mean, Eddie Nunez, in my book, is a really, really good athletic director. He'll also be appearing in Brianna's story tonight. It's all about having great leaders and having great vision and great execution in what, in what we need to do to keep compliance where it needs to be, and whether it be for men's sports and women's sports. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a broad subject, but... I mean, for me, it's all about the leadership. If you have good leadership um, who's going about things the right way, great things can be done. 
Yeah, the university is absolutely fortunate to have Eddie Nunez as a leader. He's a great guy and a great leader. What do you got going on tonight? What's uh, what's your story? What are you pitching to the Albuquerque community? Well, even though it's summer, high school sports coverage never stops at the KLB4 sports office. I had a lot of fun catching up with a couple of teams, a couple of high school basketball teams that were in maybe the biggest basketball tournament of the summer out in Phoenix. The Section 7 tournament was this past weekend inside the stadium of the Arizona Cardinals. There was 12 courts all on this field, and you're talking 12 different states being represented, hundreds of teams from all, from all over the map, and some of the best teams in the nation were all in that tournament. Volcano Vista and Highland, two defending state champs from the city of Albuquerque, were out there as well. So I caught up with Greg Brown and Justin Woody and a couple of their players. To talk about that experience, I mean, I can't imagine playing in an NBA arena, let alone an NFL stadium, and the atmosphere that comes with that and scouts being in the crowd and NBA coaches like Monty Williams being in attendance watching you play. So, yeah, really fun story on Volcano Vista and Highlands experience at Section 7. That's going to be my story tonight on KOB at 6 o'clock. Friend of the show, Brandon Ortega, KOB TV's very own. Hey, thank you for everything you do in the community, and thank you for shining a positive light on youth sports here in Albuquerque. Your your stories are absolutely phenomenal. For example, tonight, I didn't even know that Section 7 existed, and here I am. Now this is must-see TV. I can't wait to see it later. What else you got going on, Brandon? Yeah, so we got uh, some College World Series. I think we're now down to the final two. I think Ole Miss just beat... Uh, Arkansas, so they'll be in the College World Series Championship with Oklahoma, so we'll have highlights of that. The Rockies are done with with Miami Marlins, we'll have highlights of that. So a little bit of local stuff, a little bit of national stuff. Isotopes getting ready to play in Las Vegas again tonight. They just inducted uh, some some unbelievable people into that Baseball Hall of Fame. don't know if you guys have touched on that yet in the show. Um, So we talked with John Traub about that. Um, Great local and national stuff going on, so Look, look for Leaferia's highlights, and then I'll have my story on Volcano Vista and Highland tonight. Brandon, thanks for being a friend of the show. Love you so much, brother. One hour, you, of, one hour of the program in the books. More sports-adjacent content on Van and Friends today on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. All right, Mikey. We're going to have to fix this uh, top-of-the-hour theme music generator. No, we're not supposed to play Nelly when Fred's not here. By the way, Fred's not here! One hour in the books. Welcome back to the program. A special Van and Friends edition of Two Men On, where we are grabbing all of the greatest minds from the Albuquerque sports community and picking their brains on different subjects or another. Thanks for the first hour, Jeff Grammer. Albuquerque Journal, Ned James, former UNM quarterback and NFL coach, and KOB TV's Brandon Ortega, back-to-back-to-back New Mexico Sportscaster of the Year. If you didn't know already, I'm going to tell you. We wouldn't be here without our friends in the community, and a number one OG friend of the show is New Mexico Pinon Coffee. We're absolutely honored to be a partner and sponsor with New Mexico Pinion Coffee and anything they do in the community, we love to highlight. Anything that we do in the community here at Two Men On, New Mexico Pinion is the first to jump out and say us too. Not only do they have amazing product and my favorite coffee in the state, 
the Southwest, the country, the world, the universe, where friggin' ever. We're all like just the best dudes. So shout out to Mexico Pinion Coffee. Thanks for being a friend. Hardcore sports fans sucks. You heard it right here from me, Albuquerque. You heard it right here from me, friend of the show. If your whole life is sports fan, there is an overwhelming percentage that you suck. I love sports. I love sporting events. I love fantasy sports. I love talking sports with my friends. I love being the voice of this show. But it doesn't run my life. You need hobby. You need friends. You need a career. You need family. You need to get outdoors. You need to have a rich, full life that is not 100% sports-centered. <laughs> sports-centered, get it? Bing, bang, boom. Not on purpose. Because it's a slippery slope until you are making death threats to people that you don't know and to people that do not care about you whatsoever. I don't care how passionate you are about football. I don't care how passionate you are about the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care how passionate you are about Texas Tech Red Raider football. I don't care how passionate you are about the subject of this segment, Patrick Mahomes. If you base your whole life around your sports fandom, you suck. You're a loser. Michael Vital, you got the you just can't wipe that grin off your face right now, can you? It's just sports. It's not life. Where could he possibly be going with this? And life is a balance. Because if your life is so consumed with sports and so consumed with strangers, these people are absolute strangers. They don't know you. They don't care about you. They're glad you're a fan. They're glad you show up to the games. They're glad you buy their jerseys. They don't care about you. They care about their teammates. They care about their family, and they care about sick kids at the hospital because they always show up and donate their time. Good for them. But they don't care about you, sports fan. And they don't care how much you care. Tyreek Hill may have been wrong, okay? Tyreek Hill was wrong. But Tyreek Hill got traded to the Miami Dolphins, and he's getting his quarterbacks back. Tyreek Hill said... I'm going to go with 15, who is Patrick Mahomes, as the strongest arm, but as far as accuracy-wise, I'm going with Tua all day. He's just getting his quarterbacks back. He's building a rapport. He's learning the playbook. They're running around the field together. they got to practice together, and he's got to have his back. What do you think? What do you think the new wide receiver is going to say about his quarterback? This guy sucks. I want to go back to the Chiefs. This Tua guy's a loser. Of course he's going to have his new quarterbacks back. What else do you think he's going to say? He's wrong. Statistics prove that Patrick Mahomes is a slightly more accurate quarterback than Tua. And in some cases and in some metrics, a wildly more accurate quarterback than Tua. Doesn't mean that Tua's not good. It doesn't mean that Tua's not going to get better and grow with his team and grow with this program and his new offensive coordinator and his uh, second-year wide receiver Waddle and his new piece of firepower, the guy who had his back, Tyreek Hill. doesn't mean he's not going to get better. 
Tua is statistically, objectively, not as accurate as Patrick Mahomes. Fine. Any reasonable person knows that. Also, any reasonable person knows don't make death threats because you don't have anything else going on in your life, you loser. Get a hobby. Learn to knit. Learn Spanish. Pick up the guitar. Learn how to make creme brulee. Start learning a lot about craft beer or whatever. Learn how to make watermelon walk-off like our friends at Teller Vodka, New Mexico's Vodka. Pick up a hobby. Learn something. This can't be your whole life. You can't be with you can't be obsessed about this so friggin much that you're making death threats to somebody who did nothing to you whatsoever except for had his new coworkers back, had his new teammates back, had his new friends back. Isn't that what you want your friends to do? Isn't that what you want your coworkers to do to have your back? Tyree Kill was being a good teammate. And he did it so politically and so well that I'm even amazed. He might run for Congress one day. He gives a compliment to the old guy, gives a compliment to the new guy. Hey, with that kind of objective language, no one's could be mad at that, right? No. Loser, I don't have a life. I completely suck. Hardcore sports fan has to send death threats. To a stranger because he has an opinion. I think The Wire is the greatest television show ever put onto a rectangle. Okay? I made a statement. It's better than The Sopranos. It's better than Breaking Bad. Okay? 505-246-0610. Let the death threats pour in because I have an opinion. The Sopranos are great. Breaking Bad is great. It's not as good as The Wire. That's my opinion. You could pull out statistics. More people watch The Sopranos. Breaking Bad won more awards. Technically, I am wrong. But that is my opinion. I'm a human being. I am entitled to my opinion. If I'm not hurting myself or anyone else, if I'm not being racist or bigoted, I can have my opinion. Just like Tyreek Hill had his. I don't deserve death threats for thinking The Wire is the best show of all time. Tyreek Hill does not deserve death threats for thinking his quarterback is more accurate than his old quarterback. Even though statistically it's not true. And he probably knows it's not true. He's just having his quarterbacks back. That's what teammates do. You should applaud that kind of behavior. Not make death threats, you loser. I mean, learn how to make a really nice paper airplane. Vital, have you seen people who know how to fold like really good paper airplanes? Yes, I have, and I wasn't one of them. It's insane. I went down a YouTube wormhole one night, and people are like putting four pieces of paper together and folding these intricate paper airplanes that fly for miles. It's insane. You can learn how to do that. I like the wire. I just said that. Maybe I'll write a screenplay. You can do that too.
instead of making death threats to a stranger who doesn't know who you are and will never know who you are, you know who's going to know who you are? The police. After they trace your email or your Facebook login or whatever you used, your, your Reddit handle, your at 42069 loser handle, whatever it is, the police will find you because making death threats is illegal. You idiot. It upsets me how people's lives can be controlled by strangers. Why would this upset you? What else did you expect them to say? I was very upset when I found out the Astros were cheating. I didn't act a fool. 2017 Houston Baseball Astros winning the World Series is the most happy and the most proud I've ever been for absolute strangers. And then I figured out they were cheating later on, and it broke my heart. What did I do? Nothing. I went about my business. These people are strangers. This is entertainment. Grow up. Rant over. When we get back, we're talking a little gladiator football and the memory of El Changuito, the narco-traficante spider monkey. May he rest in peace. More sports talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. On a special Van and Friends episode where I'm grabbing all of my favorite sports minds from the Albuquerque and New Mexico community and getting them with uh, some quick hitters. On the program now, one of my local heroes, the best in the biz, the voice of a thousand generation, voice of the Duke City Gladiators and ProView Networks, Sebastian Noel. What's happening, my guy? What's going on, man? I'm just in mourning, you know, about uh, El Changuito, the narco traficante spider monkey. It's been a rough, it's been a rough couple uh, hours here. You know, I was listening yesterday, Van, and uh, there was something about the show yesterday that was so refreshing and professional and uh, award-winning. I can't put my finger on what it. Hold on. A second. <laughs> I don't know what it what it was, but it was it was enjoyable. It might have been Star of TV and Radio, KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega, or could it be the absence of one Manfred Slow? Yeah, and what is, you know, and no one believes that Fred's on assignment, so I want to know what Fred's really doing. All right, I'm leaning into it no matter what. Friends, Fred's on assignment. He's out. He's on a fact-finding mission for um, sports influencing here in the Albuquerque, northern New Mexico region. I'm, I'm sticking yeah, with he it. He is quite the influencer, isn't he? Under the influencer, am I right? Hey-oh. <laughs> Your Duke City Gladiators are on the cusp of not making the playoffs. One game up to make sure they're in the playoffs. One game up against the hated Vegas Nighthawks to make sure they ensure that they're in the postseason. Is this the best almost not making the playoffs team in the history of the universe? 3-1 
point losses? Oh, there's no doubt, man. This, these losses are just painful. They're just, we find a creative new way to lose. It seems like, you know, you take out the last week against the Rattlers because, you know, they were so good. They weren't going to be beat that night. And, you know, we could go in, you know, and I mean, it's common knowledge that the Rattlers are the uh, scum of the earth and sure. the cheaters of the league. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, every, yeah, I mean, that's, everyone knows that. So, you know, we weren't going to, you know, beat the evil empire. So, but you, those other games, man, they're just, yeah, this, this team should be, you know, three, four losses tops, but I mean, they're in the playoffs that that's, you know, have no fear, have no fear. This team will, will make the playoffs. Uh, this Saturday on the road in Prescott Valley, Arizona, if you don't know where that is, that's in between Phoenix and Flagstaff on I-17, they got their own team. That's cool. Northern Arizona Wranglers. First off, how did they get their own team? Second off, how are they this good this year? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty phenomenal. Like last year, so our old coach, Dominic Bermonte, goes and starts Northern Arizona, and they're just awful last year. They're awful. I mean, we padded our schedule with wins against them, right? And then this year, they pretty much changed – Complete roster turnover, entire new coaching staff, and they're at the top of the league. But, uh, you know, I think uh, they're beatable. So, you know, we've had their number in the past, so I wouldn't be surprised. We got them twice, right? We got two games left against them yeah. and uh, and then San Diego on the schedule. So, you know, San Diego's Cupcake City, so that's a win, obviously. Sweet. But I think we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get Northern Arizona one of those two games, man. I can feel it. And you feel we only need to win one of these next three games to ensure that we're in the playoffs? Oh yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, because the bottom half, the bottom of the West is uh, is pretty bad. So San Diego, Bay Area, there's no chance. So I mean, we the lowest we can slide into is that fourth spot. We'll be all right. And you know, the way the standings look right now, if uh, if Arizona finishes the season number one, let's say Northern Arizona gets passed by the the hated. Rattlers, the losers. Then the Rattlers would be the number one seed, and we might be able to avoid. So there's a chance we avoid the Rattlers, uh, you know, in the first round. Because so. uh, the Rattlers would get a bye, being the the winner of the West, and then we would play the two seed, most likely Northern Arizona again. Is that what you envision? No, it'll go one again. There's no bye, so one against four, and two plays three. So, I mean, there's still a chance. I, I think we're going to end up as a three. And I think uh, Arizona's going to end up as the one. So I think we're going to end up playing Northern Arizona in the first round. So there's a chance we could play Northern Arizona. You count the two regular season games plus the playoffs. We could play that team three times in five weeks. You're predicting that we pass the two strong Sugar Skulls. That's possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's still okay. possible. Okay. I'm, like I'm holding out. I think I think we might run the table all the way. We're not going to lose again. I like that better. We're going to go on an Atlanta Braves like win streak. A uh, a Shorzy like win streak, if you will. You caught up on Shorzy yet on the, Hulu? No, no, I haven't. Oh, you got it all the way it. to the championship, man! All the way to the championship. So how, how about how about your boy Ramon Atkins, at quarterback? Oh man, you, you beat know, me to I, it. Let me scratch out this next question. True Sebastian fashion, stealing my next question. I mean, I didn't think you know. I, I thought, hey, look, I, I'll be honest. I thought he would have a good season, right? Because, let's be honest, we, we, he's throwing to Dello Davis. He's throwing to Jared Elmore. Sure. He's throwing to Greg Dent, right? right? I mean, those are 
the best receivers in the league. But to say to to predict that he would be leading the league in touchdowns right now with 41, no, I didn't think that. You know, to to say he'd be leading the league in yards per game, no, I didn't think that. So I mean, kudos to Ramon, man, for learning the game and having it slow down so quickly where he's comfortable now. He, he's, I mean, he's going to play somewhere next year, whether he comes back here or someone else is going to scoop him up. Ramon's definitely got a roster spot in this IFL. He's, I mean, he's pretty much locked up Rookie of the Year. There's no doubt about that. Where can the loyal listeners and friends of the show watch their Duke City Gladiators this Saturday as they're on the road in Prescott Valley, Arizona? Yes, they have a team. Well, obviously, the IFL's YouTube page, and if you want to be around some fellow Gladiator fans, uh, the watch party, the viewing party, is always at Dave & Buster's. So, Ooh, old friend um, of the show, been, Dave & Buster's. That's right. I, I've been known to make an appearance at those viewing parties. Um, usually a couple of the players that are not traveling this week that are inactive, they'll usually be there. You know, So that's you know, if you want to watch it amongst uh, friends, then uh, Dave & Buster's is your spot there. How about your professional Atlanta baseball Braves? How are they doing, buddy? You know, we're you know just waiting for that Mets collapse to start. We're fine. <laughs> you know, we're fine. And whenever the Mets start being the Mets, we will slide into first place and hopefully a successful defense of our world championship, man. In true uh, Mikey McDermott fashion, just hanging around. When are they going to get healthy and be like the actual Braves that they are? Yeah, I mean, losing Ozzy Albies, that certainly, certainly hurts. Uh, I'm hoping they can, uh, you know, but Alex Anthopoulos always pulls something off. So I'm thinking they're going to get a middle infielder in there. So, you know, and we still get Mike Soroka healthy towards the second half of the season. That's going to help. I mean, I think, you know, and then you just need the Mets to be the Mets and then, there you go. Division wrapped up, right? This is uh, historically the Mets have always been the Mets, uh, so they got that going for them. But I got some bad news for you. The Mets are legit this year, and they're doing it without Max Scherzer or Jacob deGrom. That's scary. I've heard this before, man. I don't believe <laughs> it. I've, I've heard this story before, and every year it's supposed to be different. And it's, it's the Mets. They'll find a way to be the Mets. I don't think you're that wrong there. What I know you're you're a baseball dork. What what's your favorite story so far this year? What's your favorite highlight of the season? What would you what would you point mediocre baseball fan to and say this? Well, I'll get away from being a Braves fan for a sec. I think you know the Braves are just phenomenal to watch because they're young guys. They celebrate. They, everything that old guys hate about the game, they get my get off my lawn, guys. Right, like they don't like any of that stuff that Ronald Acuna. I'm I'm into all that stuff, you know. I'm into you know showing people up. I'm into the bat flips, but I don't think. And I know he gets a lot of attention, but like Shohei Otani, like it's unreal. It's unreal what we're watching, you know. It's we're never going to see this again. It's so much better than Babe Ruth was. It's not even funny. It's I don't think we realize what we're watching right now. Yeah, you nailed it right there. I was hoping you're going to say Shohei because he's the best show in the MLB. Speaking of Shohei Otani, the Angels just can't get it together. They got Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. Mike Trout's been the best player of our generation. Shohei Otani is the best baseball player on the planet right now. 
what do they have to do? Are are they just got the Mets curse that they're never ever going to turn it around? You know, they need a little bit of that old school magic, that Tim Salmon magic, right? Uh, the old the Garrett Anderson match. You know, I mean, it would be so good for Major League Baseball if that team was relevant and good and could get in the postseason. I mean, think about it. Mike Trout could go his entire career without ever having a postseason moment. Like, they, baseball needs that team to be good. Yeah, you're exactly right, right there. All right, thanks for being a friend of the show. Thanks for being a friend in real life. Good luck on Saturday. Go Gladiators. Anything to let the friends of the show know before we let you go? No, I mean, you know, check check us out on Saturday. You know, uh, it's going to be a playoff team, so we're going to run the table the rest of the way, man. I can feel it. I love that vibe. I love that energy. And I will see you at Dave and & Buster's, and then I will see you at the Rio Rancho Event Center on July 16th for the season finale as we win against the hated Northern Arizona Wranglers from uh, Prescott Valley, Arizona. Yes, they have a team. Yeah, I, I don't understand why they have a team either. It, it doesn't make sense. Hall of Fame talk with Isotopes GM John Traub and we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Albuquerque. You made it through another one. If you're a 530 quitting time guy, congratulations. I'm very proud of you, as is Two Men On, as is 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being a friend of the show. And we wouldn't be here without our partners and sponsors such as the YMCA and the boys start their days at the YMCA. Absolutely fantastic facilities and absolutely fantastic people serving your Albuquerque community and surrounding areas. So honored to be a friend of theirs. We'll probably be there. We'll be live from the YMCA next week. Vital, you going to miss us? No. Cheers. Okay, because you guys Because you guys like being at the ballpark so much, <laughs> you're going to forget about me when you get out there, and I don't blame you. It's a great place to be. Speaking of the ballpark, every Friday we're at the ballpark, Rio Grande Credit Union Field, Isotopes Park, a.k.a. The Lab. Every Friday homestand we're there, and every Friday I am so honored to rub elbows with VPGM of the Isotopes, the legend, John Traub. Welcome back to the program, my friend. How are we doing, guys? Doing good, doing good. It's a Van and Friend show, so it's just me and you today, John. Well, of course, the legend behind the glass, Vital. Mike's been there forever. Yeah. He, he predates a lot of things, like wheels, uh, fire. <laughs> Mike, you have a lot of control there. You can hit that mute button I was anytime just, you want. I was just going to say, I can, have, I can do whatever I want back here. Right now, I'm going to use my power. Isotopes are known for their awesome promotions, and we got a bunch coming at you next week. There's a lot to highlight, but what's your personal favorite coming up on this next homestand against the Sugarland Space Cowboys? Oh, my gosh. We've got so much going on. It seems like I say that every time before sure. we start a homestand. But, you know, on Saturday, July 2nd, we have a mariachi's game, but it's highlighted by uh, it's also lowrider night. We're going to have probably about 70 or 75 lowriders outside the ballpark, inside the ballpark. People will be able to come down to the warning track, walk around, take pictures, look at the cars. 
it's going to be a really neat thing. We've done that before, and weather permitting, hopefully we'll be able to get to do it again on the second, and then that game is followed by a fireworks night. So we're uh, really excited about the second. Then, of course, we're really looking forward to July 3rd, as we always do. We're either home on the 3rd or the 4th. This year we're at home on the 3rd, so a huge fireworks presentation our biggest fireworks show of the night will follow that game or the year will follow that game so we've got so much going on we start the homestand on tuesday with the 50 cent hot dog night and it seems like seemingly every night we've got something going on as we normally do 50 cent hot dog night is always a lot of fun up at the lab you gotta eat a lot of hot dogs and you gotta wash it down with some teller watermelon walk-off so i love like being partnered with you guys and when we have mutual friends like Teller Vodka, what, it's been, what has it been like to like have special branded isotope drinks that you guys made together with Teller Vodka? Well, it's always cool to have that, but the fact that they're local and the fact that we were with them at the, at the very beginning of, of their onset uh, is really cool. And they're the ones that came up with the watermelon walk-off, with the mariachis, margarita, and we're hoping to do more things in the future. They're a great company. They're, you know, like I said, local is so important to everything that we do as much as we possibly can. And to partner with, with Safe House Distilling, and it's really a cool thing. So if you have not tried those cocktails yet, it's a ready-to-drink cocktail in a can. You can buy it in many, many, many grocery stores around the state, but also at the ballpark. And uh, it's a, both of them are outstanding. Every day at the lab is action-packed, but it's going to be extra special next Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as back-to-back nights. we got clear backpacks, fireworks with mariachi night, lowrider night, and then the Independence Day celebration. For the safety of the Albuquerque and surrounding area community, the, uh, the size of bags you can bring in is limited. But for the first 2,000 fans on Friday, you get a clear backpack with the Isotopes logo on it, so you know you can always bring it to the lab. Is this by design? Is this like, so, hey, everybody, this is the dimensions. This is what we can do. Here's the template. Well, sort of, but the, the, it's a clear bag, but the, um, but the size restrictions were removed this year. So you can bring any size clear bag, just the bag has to be clear so that our security folks can see in it without having to go and touch all your stuff and do all that kind of stuff, um, and giving away a clear backpack next Friday to the first 2,000 fans who are coming in. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of the way the world's going right now, and, and uh, it's cool that we can give away a backpack uh, and a clear one at that because a lot of people don't have those yet. So, we're you know, a lot of people have been very responsive to that, and I think that's going to be another good night for us. The Hall of Fame class made its way back into the news today, and it has Albuquerque roots and Albuquerque links. You know all about this. Like, Dodgers legend Ron Say, Dick Moots, Dave Stewart. What does it mean to be part of the uh, Albuquerque Isopes organization and see these links to the organization in the Granddaddy Hall of Fame? Well, so if I can if I can clarify what it is, it's the Albuquerque Professional Baseball Hall of Fame. So it's not the it's not the National sure. Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. It's the Albuquerque Professional Hall of Fame. Uh, through 2019, we had had 12 or 13 classes. Obviously, 2020, we weren't able to do it. Last year, we weren't able to do it. So this will be our first class that we're inducting in three years. And to have former Albuquerque Dodgers legend, and then he became an Albuquerque Dukes legend um, back when he was a double-A player in 1969 and then a triple-A player in 1972, Ron Say, the cornerstone of 
one of the most successful and, and long-tenured uh, infielders, infields in baseball history with the Dodgers. Uh, Ron Say is going into our Hall of Fame, and we're thrilled to have him. We're also inducting Dave Stewart. Dave was a, a pitcher for the Albuquerque Dukes in 1977 and then again in uh, 79 and 80 and had a, had a really nice career here before he went on to really big things in the major leagues, including winning 20 games four years in a row, twice named the World Series and ALCS MVP. So this guy has a, a resume that is uh, unmatched by most, and uh, we're thrilled to have him coming back. And then, you know, those guys are great, and I'm super excited to have them back in town. I'm really excited, too, to have Dick Moots going into our Hall of Fame because Dick, you may not know his name, but you know his work. Sure. Dick was the creator of the Albuquerque Dukes logo that has become so iconic and so such a part of this community for literally the last 50 years. He designed the logo in 1972. This is the 50th year anniversary of the Duke's first year as a AAA franchise back in 72. It's also the 20th year of Isotopes Baseball, so kind of combining all that synergy, we thought it was cool to have Dick join our Hall of Fame as well. And you have to know here in Albuquerque the iconic Duke's logo. It's everywhere. Hats, shirts, posters, stickers. And I think it's interesting, like when I, I can travel the country and I can see like uh, mutual baseball fans, and I mention I'm from Albuquerque, and they know the Dukes. They know the isotopes. And especially like when I go to, uh, like, say, Dodger Stadium, you see isotopes jerseys. You see Dukes jerseys, and you see that iconic logo. Like, the, the people of baseball know Albuquerque. Albuquerque's on the map, and it starts with the Dukes organization and an iconic logo. How do you how do you honor such a person and how do you honor such a logo? Well, first of all, you everybody knows it, so this is an opportunity for the community to tip their cap to Dick and to say thank you for something that he created that became part of the fabric of this community 50 years ago. That's a long time ago, and for the fact that it's really become a symbol of Albuquerque and of the Duke City in and of itself. So I think that's really cool. And, you know, Dick is uh, still a resident here. He lives in Rio Rancho. Just a delightful person that I've gotten to know a little bit during this process. And really looking forward to the ovation he's going to get at the ballpark on July 23rd. We're going to have a pregame induction ceremony that night prior to the Isotopes game. When we were, when we have our Dukes retro night, that's the annual night that we're doing it this year. And we have a fireworks show that follows the game, uh, the induction ceremony during the game or pregame. And then the Isotopes will be dressed as the Albuquerque Duke throughout the game. So that's going to be a real cool night, special evening that everybody looks forward to. Isotopes winners of seven in a row and took two quick L's. What's the, uh, what's the key for the boys to turn it back around and creep back up to 500? Pitching. It's always pitching. Uh, you got to get timely pitching. you got to get timely hitting. you got to play good defense. And Las Vegas is a very good club. Oakland traditionally has very strong AAA clubs. And our team is out there right now, and, you know, we've had two tough games, the first two games of the series, but there's a lot of baseball left to be played. And, and you know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're right around 500 again, and hopefully we can get there. And once you get to 500, you never know what can happen. But the fact that we won seven straight over the previous week was a, a very good sign that things are heading, into the right, heading in the right direction for this club. John Traub, Vice President and General Manager of your Albuquerque Isotopes, thanks for being a friend of the show, and thanks for everything you do for the Albuquerque community. Well, thank you, and thank you guys over at Cumulus for all your support, and look forward to hearing Josh call a, hopefully an Isotopes victory tonight. 
Same. And we're going to have Josh on at 6.30 today to preview the game, and we're really excited for that. Thanks again, John. When we get back, New Mexico United, David Carl will preview the weekend and everything New Mexico United has going on in the community. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Mikey, we're running behind. Cut the music. Let's get straight to New Mexico United's David Carl. What's happening, my guy? Hey, man, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Uh, we're running a little behind, so I had to cut you cut the uh, last segment short, but here we are with you. What's happening in the New Mexico United world, my dude? Yeah, yeah, big match coming up in about 48 hours, actually 49 hours, I guess, from right now. Uh, New Mexico United returning home finally after a long road trip, home for the first time in 47 days, but who's counting? I'm going to take on Birmingham Legion FC, a very good team. But New Mexico United, currently the hottest team in the USL Championship, five straight wins, seven straight matches unbeaten. And we're bringing that win streak back home to Rio Grande Credit Union Field at Isotopes Park. Uh, looking to extend it. It'll be pride on the pitch. It'll be a heck of a night. We're really looking forward to it. So pride on the pitch is an absolute blast. I never miss it. And I'll be seeing you guys on Saturday. What, what does that whole day entail? Yeah, it's actually a, it's a whole weekend. Uh, so tomorrow night uh, we'll have kind of our first part of Pride on the Pitch. That's going to be um, a really, really awesome drag show over at the Social Club, the Albuquerque Social Club, nice. um, with funds going to uh, to benefit Black Cat um, as well as uh, as well as Social Club and the Albuquerque. I mean, the New Mexico United Somosinos Foundation. Um, and then we get everything kicked off on Saturday game day. We've got a great tailgate, a um, lot of really awesome activities going to kick off. Probably, I'd say around two or three o'clock for the early birds, um, but really going in full swing by around four, four thirty, um, and then kickoffs at seven o'clock. Uh, a lot of festivities there and again the most important thing uh, the most exciting thing is again united returning home uh, as the hottest team in the league looking to extend that winning streak wait hold on is this birmingham alabama or birmingham england which one is it it's Birmingham, Alabama. That'd be a heck of a road trip oh, for uh, okay. in Birmingham, England. <laughs> yeah, Birmingham Legion. Like I said, they're a very good team. Uh, they just beat uh, last week. Uh, they beat the top team in the Eastern Conference, Memphis, um, and and they are a very stout defensive team. Their defensive record isn't as good as ours. Ours is the best in the league, but they're they're second, right behind us. So the two best defensive teams in the league, and United has been scoring goals like crazy of late, um, highest scoring rate over the past few weeks of anybody in the league. So. Uh, we're going to put that defense to the test, hope to put several past them, and hopefully extend that extend that winning streak. New Mexico United, fourth in the USL Championship Western Conference, seven-match unbeaten streak. Is is this who we are? Is this what you're witnessing? Is this the real team? How how are they putting this together? Yeah, I think I think yes and no. Is it is it the real deal in that they're a very good team? Yeah, absolutely. But I think there's a lot more growth to even go. I think they can get even better. You know, Zach Prince has this team so well drilled and and just confident and and ready to go. Um, I think it's a lot more to grow into. You know, young guy like Christian Nava, Albuquerque native, is really coming into his own. Um, you know, he's Albuquerque high. Uh, graduate, uh, recent graduate. He's only 18 years old, sure. um, and he's making his making his way here as a professional soccer player in the USL Championship and doing really, really well. Um, had an assist in the last game, the game-winning assist. Came on in about the 60th minute and just completely turned the game on its head against uh, Oakland Roots and just made it his own. So he's tearing it up. 
Um, you know, United finally getting healthier. I think that's a big reason why the winning streak is is what it is. And again, up to five matches, seven unbeaten. We're finally getting healthy. You know, we had a lot of injuries at the start of the season, and when this team is healthy, they can compete and beat compete with and beat anyone. As you know, we host the New Mexico United watch parties at Hollow Spirits. We have a really great time, good food, great drinks, a lot of fun, great giveaways, as you all know. And everyone just knew the second Christian Nava walked onto the pitch that it was going to be a game changer. And boy, was it. If he wasn't the man of the match, if he didn't get the game ball, who possibly could? He was the man of the match. He deserved it. He certainly did. Again, he came on and completely changed the game. And, you know, call me a little bit biased, Van. You know, I, I, he's a, he's a young New Mexican, so I want him to succeed even more. Sure. Um, but yeah, he came on and completely changed the match. But there are plenty of guys who made a, a big difference. You know, Chris Weehan has been phenomenal lately. He's got three goals and two assists in his last four games. Uh, he's been kind of unstoppable lately. Alex Tambakis, our goalkeeper, has been absolutely phenomenal. One of the best goalkeepers in the league. He's got 27 saves over the last six matches, including a penalty stop that won the game against Indy as the clock ran out. I mean, this team is clicking on all cylinders right now. The back line's looking phenomenal with guys like Kalen Ryden and Will Seymour back there. Rashid Tete and Sergio Rivas were both in the USL Championship League-wide Team of the Week last week. So really clicking on all cylinders and hope to keep that rolling. Anything we missed before we let you go? Come on out to uh, to the Pride on the pitch match on Saturday. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to it. We're already, by the way, already getting close to 11,000 tickets sold, and we still got about 48 hours to go. So it's going to be probably the best attended match of the year. Sure, that was my next question. Like, are there even tickets left? There are, but not a lot. <laughs> it's going to go. I mean, the capacity at Isotopes Park is 12,500. And, again, we're already getting close to 11,000, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're edging on the sellout. So I would, if I'm you, I'm, I'm looking to get those tickets ASAP. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are pitching like Cy Young candidates. Bryce Harper is playing like an MVP candidate, but the Phillies are still floating around 500. What's going on with your boys? <laughs> well, the two pitches you mentioned – Probably is the best one two Wheeler and Nola, probably the best one two punch in the in in Major League Baseball as far as pitching goes. And you know, Bryce is, is Bryce. He's been phenomenal. The problem for the Phillies has been the same problem they've had all season, uh, which has been the bullpen. And you know, one of the worst bullpens in the league, one of the worst bullpen ERAs in the league, leading among the league leaders in blown save. Um, and you know, if something goes wrong with the starter, they're in trouble. They get now they can outslug pretty much anybody. They're one of the league leaders in home runs as well, but. Man, you'd like to not have to uh, get seven runs to win every single game. That's great analysis from a hardcore Phillies fan right there. David Carl from New Mexico United, thanks for being a friend, and thanks for being a friend of the show. Got to have you back on soon. Thanks, man. Looking forward to it. Appreciate you. Special Van and Fred's episode today on Two Men On as we have all kinds of local sports minds come on and talk about what they got going on in the Albuquerque community. Next up is uh, I'm going on an old man rant. And then next hour, we got Chris Lurig of Safe House Distilling and Teller Vodka. And, of course, the voice of the Isotopes, Josh Sushan. Thanks to Sebastian Noel being with us and John Traub of the Isotopes. And, of course, you just heard David Carl. More sports-adjacent content when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, The Sports Animal. 
Welcome back, Albuquerque. You are listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Your home for Albuquerque's premier sports influencers. We're talking sports and we're talking sports adjacent content all day today. Got a special friend of the show episode where we have a bunch of guests on, but that won't be the case this segment as you just got me and Mikey V. Top of the hour. Next segment, we have Chris Lurig of Teller Vodka and Safe House Distilling going to come in and do a little tasting. Oh, really? Wow. You, know, you, need, a, you, need, a, you need a little sip back there, brother? A little sippy a little boy? watermelon mm-hmm. walk-off? A little sippy, a little sip, sip, um, buddy. Yeah, buddy. yeah, just a little <laughs> sip there, that's all, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Voice of the Isotopes, Josh Sushan, joins us at 6.30. Hey, now. Wouldn't be here without friends of the show, such as John Lopez at John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy Studio. For all of your real estate needs, make sure you reach out to John Lopez. He's the absolute best in the business. And uh, he's going to probably join us on the show sometime soon. Pretty excited about that, my friends. You know, he used to be a regular, but the guy is just so busy. Busy time of the year in the uh, sales of home sales. There's a lot going on. Well, I don't inventory. think for him, I don't think it ever stops, to be honest. But if you have any real estate questions, make sure you real you reach out to John Lopez at John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy. You've been watching Shohei Otani, Vital. Showtime. Showtime Otani. I'm going to make a Put case. Up a show. I'm going to make a case right now that everyone knows. Babe Ruth is the greatest player in the history of baseball. It's not a question. His stats, his excellence, how much better he was than the next base player, the next best player in the league is is just phenomenal. Like Babe Ruth is that much better. I mean, he Babe Ruth is an absolute legend. He's inarguably the greatest player in the history of baseball. And he is so much better than the next best person. I mean, keep in mind that, you know, the color barrier hadn't been broken yet. But in between players one and two, there was a bigger gap. There was a Katie Ledecky-sized gap in between players one and two. But I'm going to make a case right now that Shohei Otani is better than Babe Ruth. I know that sounds like hyperbole. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Shohei Otani is a better pitcher night and day than Babe Ruth ever was. Babe Ruth was a great pitcher. Don't get me wrong. Babe Ruth, if he would have continued to focus on pitching and not worry about hitting, he would have been a fine MLB MLB pitcher for a long time. But he was just so good at hitting, he had to end up focusing on it. Because as good as he was at hitting, he wasn't that good at pitching. Shohei Otani is the Babe Ruth of both. Shohei Otani, look, the last two baseball games that he played, one, he got eight RBIs. The very next day, he gets 13 strikeouts. That is insane. So when Babe Ruth was pitching, the most the most home runs he hit was 29. He didn't start smashing them out until he became 
a full-time hitter. Shohei Otani hit 46 home runs. Shohei Otani also had 26 stolen bases, 100 RBIs. Babe Ruth cannot touch any of those stats. And okay, look. Look, baseball historian. Look, hardcore baseball fan. I'm not saying that Shohei Otani is better than Babe Ruth. He's got a lot of proving to do. A lot of career to be had. But as a two-way player, as a two-way player, Shohei Otani is better than Babe Ruth. He can do more on the mound and the batter's box together than Babe Ruth can do. And I'm going to tell you, That every year in Shohei Otani's uh, career that he is healthy for 150, 162 games, he's going to be the MVP. Because no other player can do what he does. Pitching at an elite level. Hitting at an elite level. Stealing bases at an elite level. And if his manager was foolish and put him in the outfield every day, put him in first base every day, I'm assuming he'd play elite defense too. No one no one will surpass what he is doing. And I know that is hyperbole. So that's two hyperbole quotes in one segment. Shohei Otani is a better two-way player than Babe Ruth. Boom, write it down. Shohei Otani will win the MVP award Every year, boom, write it down. He cannot be beat. NBA draft, by the way, is about to start here. Nosferatu's great, great, great grandson, Adam Silver, is on the podium. The most vampire looking dude I've ever seen in my life. What you're witnessing right now, and even if I know, I know most of my crowd, I know most of the friends of the show, I know most of the loyal listeners. Are NFL number one guys. There's not a lot of MLB number one guys like me. But NFL number one guy. NBA number one guy. NHL number one guy. College sports number one guy. Make sure you are watching this guy. Because this is a once in a lifetime player. And you're not going to see this. Now Major League Baseball has got to find a way to get the Angels into the postseason so we can see him in his exploits. Eight RBIs and 13 strikeouts last night? Unreal. That's crazy. Well, two games ago, eight RBIs. Last game, 13 strikeouts. But still, back-to-back games. Right. He played the best player in the universe. It is nuts. Make sure you take the time to watch this guy. If you are a sports fan, this is not going to last forever. So jump on this ride while it exists, because that is insanely hard to do, being a pitcher and a hitter and putting up the kind of elite numbers that he is on both. We're going to go to break early right here, because when we come back, we're going to have Chris Lurig of Teller Vodka and Safe House Distilling telling you everything that they got going on in the community, and uh, we might do a little tasting here, you know, a little taste, a little sip, sip. 
More Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Fred's not here! Co-host of Two Men On, Fred Slow, will be back starting tomorrow. Fred is out on assignment. Whether you believe me or not, he's on a fact-finding mission. I don't believe you. Sports information. Because we're sports influencers. You know that, right, Mikey V? You know, like, we're, we're hot stuff in the community. We are showtime. We're, we're the Shohei Otani of sports influencers. There you go. It's a true, it's a true story. We are the it's show. It's a true statement. Whether you believe it or not, I believe <laughs> it. And I lie to myself a lot. That's all that matters. So I wake up in the morning. Joining us on the program, friend of the show, friend in real life, and you know what, honestly, fan? just a big fan, <laughs> Chris Lurig of Teller Vodka and Safe House Distilling, not quite an OG friend of the show, not a day oneer, but you've been road dogs for a while now. We close. traveled to the Super Bowl with yeah. Teller Vodka. Yeah, Diplo. At and Diplo? Yeah. Yeah, Diplo. Had a, we shared watermelon walk-off and... Some uh, blueberry lavender lemonade and some Bloody Marys with uh, hobnobbing with a lot of actors and athletes and a lot of really fun people. So thanks for helping us go on our Super Bowl journey. And uh, thanks for being a friend of the show and a partner and a sponsor. And uh, it's your first time in the studio. Yay! Wee! So I, what I love about going to the lab is basically anything baseball because I'm a huge baseball dork. But every time I'm there, I'm sipping on either the mariachi margarita, the watermelon walk-off, or one of your lemonades, the new one being the, the grapefruit hibiscus, grapefruit hibiscus okay. lemonade. That's my new favorite. So if you see me at the lab, I will have a Teller pre-made cocktail in my hand. And I'll tell you what, it's the best bang for the buck, too. Oh, yeah. Best quality, best bang for the buck right there. How did you start your relationship with the Albuquerque Isotopes? They actually reached out to us. They came Ooh. to us like a year and a half ago and reached out to us and asked to do some partnership stuff and collaborations and doing some cool stuff for the stadium. And we kind of branched that off and came up with the watermelon and everything behind it. So is that, is that your brainchild, the watermelon walk-off? Because oh, yeah. the name and the branding's genius, and you're a genius, so I just assumed it was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, we came up with that. Uh, they actually met with us. And asked for samples a week later. Oh. <laughs> and we came up with everything in a week and had everything done. <laughs> well, you absolutely nailed it because this yeah. stuff's delicious. Yeah, it was awesome. It was amazing. They keep killing it with that. That product's going everywhere right now. Look, I don't care if you're a Bud Light guy or if you're a Jack and Coke guy or whatever. When you're up at the lab, you have to try one of these pre-made cocktails if you haven't already. Because like I said, it's some bang for the buck. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but... That's kind of two drinks in one, and that's kind of yeah, my there's, jam. There's three ounces of vodka in each can. It's technically a double, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> on paper. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then you you branched out to the the mariachi margarita. Was that just like, did you get feedback from the isotopes, or was that like your brainchild as well? Like, hey, we need to do this too. Uh, that was our kind of thing too, but we kind of did it as so the watermelon we released last season towards the end of last season when we first partnered with them. So this was kind of the one for this season, adding the mariachi one into it. 
So there might be one for next season, a newer flavor. Well, I haven't drank water in like four hours on purpose. I haven't drank water in like four hours on purpose so I could uh, have me a little sip here. I'm a very thirsty boy. We're keeping you hydrated here. Well, thank you for keeping me (laughs) hydrated. Uh, Well, why don't you get one of those cans right up to the microphone and give it a little crack right here, let people know what's going on. Uh, You you start. You start. You uh. I mean, you talked what, about the watermelons. So take me on the take me on the pallet journey here. What are we doing? This will be the watermelon walk off. Okay. Lemonade. And uh, tell, hey, that's a beautiful sound right there. <laughs> so tell the loyal listeners and friends of the show what we're drinking, what it's uh, made out of, and how it's made. So this is our uh, Teller Genuine Vodka, and then uh, we actually use all natural watermelon and lemon juice and sugar and some water. And naturally blend this, and carbonate it, and it's ready, ready to go. So it's like real juice. Yeah, it's not like a watermelon syrup. You don't just melt a bunch of Jolly Ranchers into it. Like this is real juice in here. No, that'd be more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what what should um, the listener expect when they take a sip of this? Is it is it dry? Is it sweet? Is it is it strong? Is it what's take them on the palate journey? So I would say this one's probably our medium sweet one from all our lemonade ones. The grapefruit's a little more tart from the grapefruit, obviously. Uh, And then the blueberry lavender is just perfect (laughs) the way that one is. But this one is, it just tastes like fresh watermelon sitting out there watching the sunset at the Sandias and everything. It's kind of perfect. That's kind of the perfect description right there. Like back porch, you mixed your own drink. And that's what all like your 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 canned cocktails taste like. It tastes like somebody at the bar just shook up a can and and made you a drink. I mean, not a can, a, a shaker. They shook up a shaker and made you a mixed drink. That's like that's how quality these are. Yeah, we wanted these to be ready to go straight out of the can. Or if you pour it over ice, then it's just a little bit right there, perfect ice cold. And luckily for you, when you're up at Isotopes Field, aka the lab. It's already in a can. I know. You don't need a bartender. And it's at all the you don't. Kiosks. You don't need a shaker. It's sold everywhere in the stadium. You don't need Tom Cruise doing backflips on the top of the bar and, I mean, and juggling shakers. We can do that. We you don't try. need it. You can do it, but you don't need it. <laughs> so where else can you get these in the community? So these are sold at Smith's, Albertsons, Total Wine, Costco. Still has some of these watermelon ones right now. I mean, kind of just all over the state. And if they wanted to go to... Safe House Distilling, which is a tasting room, an actual bar with bartenders, so you could have a plethora of drinks. It's not just your pre-made can cocktails. You have yeah, we a have proper bar. bartenders and full drinks and food trucks and everything out there, so you can come to our bar, too, and buy them there as well. So what, what else options do you have at your bar besides these Teller pre-made spirits? Uh, we have about 15 different cocktails on our menu right now that are not these canned ones. You can come and try these canned ones in our tap room, but we also showcase kind of our spirits more in cocktails there than these canned versions. So what what do we have next on deck? Because the watermelon walk-off was your first pre-made canned cocktail, right? No, our first one was the blueberry. The blueberry went first. Yeah. Okay, sorry for the confusion. Margarita, and then the grapefruit. And by the way, these travel very well. The cans went on an airplane with me in my suitcase all the way to Los Angeles for Media Row for the Super Bowl, and they tasted just as good as they do here 
in Albuquerque. So make sure you check out any local package. And what other like grocery stores are they at? Um, Kelly's, Jubilation, Paradise Liquors, almost Seven Eleven, Allsup's. They're, They're at Allsup's. Yeah. Are you you're telling me I can go get two Allsup's burritos and a watermelon walk off right now? As long as not enough people drank them yet, because <laughs> they usually sell out pretty quick. But yeah, they should be there. They were on the shelf last week. <laughs> I'm a big Allsup's guy because not only can I get me two world famous Allsup's burritos, but I can walk into the store and smell like Allsup's for days at a time. Yeah, it's so it's for date night. It's bonus. Like, yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, you want to treat your lady to a nice night? Go get a six pack of burritos. Bring a plastic table and chairs the taco sauce sit, like ne- sit next yeah. to the ice machine have your burritos and a watermelon walk off right in front of allsup's date night solved you're welcome van <laughs> <laughs> sounds perfect when are we going let's go whenever you want <laughs> you know i like dudes with handsome dudes with big beards <laughs> what's what else is going on in uh, the teller and safe house world uh so we're actually coming out with a few new flavors. We're still testing them right now, so they should be coming out late summer, probably fall. We have uh, our bourbon is finally hitting two years. That's exciting. This last fall, so our bourbon will be a straight bourbon, and that will release probably October. So we're doing two-year minimum aging on that one, and we just had our three-year anniversary. So Congratulations. <laughs> What's, what is the three-year anniversary? What's that one? Is that what mineral is that for your third year anniversary? You should know this stuff, Vital. Bronze. Is it bronze? Our bronze anniversary. That's a good one because bronze <laughs> is like okay, third anniversary gift. I got. I consulted the Googles. Uh, it's leather. Oh, that's perfect for June. Yeah, <laughs> you're a big bad leather daddy, aren't you? Just for you, you big sexy bear, you. <laughs> so I how because you guys do tastings at the lab at Isotopes. Yeah, field. we usually do like one or two a month, all season long. So we'll be in the concourse right there behind home plate, and we'll do samplings of all the products that you can buy there in the stadium. Do you know when your next one is? I do not. You do not. The top. I can. How I can about? Out. How about we double dip and have you guys on the show again next Friday? You have to. And then you have a Kim. tasting. You have to convince Kim. Okay. I told you. That's Kim. the rule. Oh, she's my biggest fan. I know. She yeah. wants to be. <laughs> Friend of the show, Kim from Safe House and Teller Spirits. Big shout out to you, Kim. Hope you're having a great day with your adorable pink hair. Matches the watermelon walk off. Well, yeah, when we were coming out with the grapefruit one, I actually used her hair to color match it when we were blending the cocktail. Okay. Is this FDA allowed? I mean, should well, you no, be saying like, this? Like side by side. Just the color. The color. You I didn't, like held the glass up next to her and I uh, matched the color to You didn't hair. actually put her hair no. in there? Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. Because that would be bad. That was the color match mm-hmm. only, not flavor. So you got the bourbon. I'm a, I'm a brown spirits guy. I love your vodka. I love your gin, but like my go-to is brown spirits. What? When should the community expect the next bourbon batch to come out? My guess would be October, probably October. middle of October. So we released uh, last Father's Day one barrel, kind of to tease it out there, and that was only a year aged, and it sold out the first day every bottle. 
So this batch will probably sell out pretty quick, but this will finally be our two-year minimum on everything going forward. So Albuquerque can get Teller Spirits basically anywhere that sells booze. Like basically almost everywhere that sells booze here in Albuquerque and surrounding areas. You can get the canned Safe House Teller Cocktails at Rio Grande Credit Union Field, a.k.a. The Lab. Oh, yeah. You can get these canned cocktails and also other cocktails made with your other line of Teller Spirits at Safe House Distilling. Yep. Is is that it? Is it, where else can you get them? Can you order it online? Can you do? Can no, you order Walmart dot com? Like how else can people Total get? Total wine a, will deliver to your house. Total wine will deliver. There you go. Also, Total Wine. Uh, how do people get to Safe House Distilling? Where is it at? So we are in downtown Albuquerque at six one six Gold Avenue Southwest. All right, Chris Lurig of Teller Vodka and Safe House Distilling. Thanks for being a friend of the show and. Uh, Thanks for being a partner of the show, and thanks for being a friend in real life. Thanks for coming by, my dude. And a fan. And a fan. <laughs> the second biggest fan we got. When we get back, voice of the Ice Stoves, Josh Sushan joins us to preview the game tonight. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. What is this song, Vital? Ooh, I'm feeling this. This is like a, a car chase in James Bond. I feel like I'm running from a, a bad guy. The Germans are coming. Get out of the way. <laughs> Welcome back to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Special Van and Friends episode, and it still continues to this segment with frequent contributor, friend of the show, friend in real life, voice of the isotopes, Josh Sushan. What's happening, my guy? I'm doing well. I have a question for you, Van. I'm Please. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. What is the infield fly rule? The infield fly rule? Yes. Uh, if there's men on first and or second and or bases loaded, a infielder cannot purposely drop a fly ball to induce a double or triple play. Okay, that's pretty close. That's that's basically that's why the rule exists. Okay, right. So I'm, a, you, I'm a why guy, right? So that, I mean, that's why the rule exists. And but the key part is that if you're on base, the batter is out no matter what. Sure. Right. And if you're on base, you you just stay on the base. Like the rule is, the batter is automatically out. Runners advance at their own risk. Right. And it's not worth the risk, so you just stay put. And one of the things that I've always said is that. Every time there's an infield fly rule, if you're the isotopes, you should drop the ball on purpose. Right. Because, again, the batter is automatically out. And eventually, at some point, somewhere, somebody is going to either not know the rule or they're going to forget the rule, and you're going to get a double play. Well, that's why the isotopes lost last night's game. Oh, that hurts. Oh, that hurts so bad to hear that. You know the number of times that people have come up to me and they've said, what's the infield fly rule? This is so dumb. Why does it exist? And I try to explain. And, you know, my explanation is pretty similar to yours, that if you dropped it on purpose, if the rule did not exist and you dropped the ball on purpose, you could get a double play or a triple play really easily, and that's not fair, and that's why the rule exists. Sure. Carlos Perez forgot the rule last night. Oh, that hurts. It's a reminder that, that players are human. And you get caught up in the moment, and guy drops the ball, and you're like, "Oh no, I got to run!" And ball game over. So, how many games have you called? An estimate is fine. How many games have you called that this has not 
happened is the answer all of them ever. Yeah, so with the isotopes, I'm a little over 1,100, and it's never happened in my 1,100 games with the isotopes. Um, Alan Trejo tried it the other day. He dropped a ball on purpose, hoping that he could sucker the other team into into running, and it didn't work. Because um, I got super excited about it on the air. I was like, yes, somebody tried it, <laughs> right? But it didn't work. Um, now, Las Vegas did not drop the ball on purpose last night. A guy came, so it was a ball that was popped up between home and first. It was about a third of the way between home and first. First baseman came running in and called off the catcher. And, again, he wasn't trying to drop it on purpose. He was trying to catch it. And um, But he dropped it, and I think just the whole sequence of it where the crowd goes, oh, you know, and, you know, you just sometimes you just forget. Wowza. I did not expect to hear that. And uh, I got like a, a legit bummer, like the the sadness washed over me for a second. And then I realized, guess what? They get to play another one today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we get to play yeah, another one um, today. I, I probably take wins and losses more um, more harshly, especially losses than I should. It's probably not good for my overall mental state of mind. I was bummed all last night. And even this morning I woke up and I was like, man, I cannot believe that's how we lost last night's game, you know. And look. Nobody feels worse than Carlos Perez, right? He's sure. a really good ball player. He's been playing for a long time. If he doesn't get a three-run double earlier in the inning, we never even get to this point where it's a one-run ball game. Um, you know, again, he's human. He's, you know. But, yeah, it, you know, it, it's when it, if the other team beats you because their pitcher just dominates or because, you know, they, they just get a whole bunch of hits or whatever, then, like, okay, you know, they're trained too. Uh, when you when you lose that way, though, uh, it, it stings. But you're right, you know, chance to come back, and you know you can't do anything about the past. So just try and get after it tonight. Josh, you know I'm a glass half full kind of guy. So you and Carlos at least have a story for the rest of your life that this happened. <laughs> at the very least, you got that going for you. Yeah, you know, um, not not the kind of you know. I wish it would have been the other way. I wish it would have been our guys. <laughs> You know, who are like, oh, yeah, you know, that, that dum-dum upstairs always says to drop the ball on purpose, and maybe it'll work. Let's try it. And then if it does work, oh, my goodness, I'd be so happy. But <laughs> it went the other way. So we got Urena for the isotopes with his 11.7 ERA and Dunchy for Vegas with his 1-6 record. There going to be a lot of runs scored tonight, it looks like. Is that the expectation? Uh, I'm expecting Jose Urena to pitch really well. Yeah, I mean, baby. Th- this guy's... This guy's a long-time major leaguer, right? Parts of eight years in the major leagues. This guy was the opening day starter for the Marlins back-to-back years not that long ago. His his first outing, he looked fantastic. His second outing, he got singled to death and gave up a whole bunch of runs. And his third outing was okay. And so tonight's his fourth outing, and I, I'm expecting Urena to, to throw the ball really well. I mean, he's look, the, the guy throws 97 with a hellacious slider, right? Uh, he, he's too good to... You know, I feel like water seeks its own level, and, and so he's going to throw the ball well. You know, as for Parker Dunshee, this is a guy where I was looking at his numbers today, and when he was at single A, he dominated. When he was at double A, he dominated. He got called up to triple A, and whoa, triple A is a lot different. The Pacific Coast League is sure. a lot different, and he struggled for a couple of years now. Um, so, so we'll see what the Topes offense can do against uh, Parker Dunshee. So it seems like, the AAA team is mimicking the MLB team as the Rockies are 500 at home and they're 10 below 500 on the way. Away, excuse me. Is the same road problems? I mean, did did they import it from the isotopes? Are we learning it from uh, 
from dad up there in MLB? Well, there's certainly a little bit to it. You know, I mean, it's 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 not just coincidence. I mean, ever since the Rockies have existed, they've struggled to win on the road because road games are so much different outside of altitude than they are at altitude. That's a very real thing. There's there's nothing fake about what it's like going in and out of altitude. You know, if you're a hitter and you're used to a pitch breaking a little a little bit, and then you go on the road and it breaks a lot, that's hard to adjust to it. Right. Um, just the toll that it takes on your body going in and out of altitude is a very real thing. Now, for the isotopes, because we play in places like Reno and Las Vegas and El Paso and Salt Lake, that's also really high altitude. It's not as yeah. high as it is in Albuquerque, but still, it's it's a very real thing. Um, you know, I I think it's most apparent when we go to places like Sugarland and we go to like Tacoma and Sacramento, which is basically sea level when it's an enormous difference. Um, you know, it's hard. Look, I mean, they've been play, they played minor league baseball in Denver for 50 years before they played major league baseball. And all the minor league teams in Denver had the same problem, you know, so that's the reality. And everybody has to figure out how to solve it. Everybody has to just get better because if you ever want to win and, and win big, you're going to have to solve it. And I know a lot of people have thought about it and tried to figure it out. And it's not easy, but it's not totally impossible to do. So, Josh, when you're at the lab, you're obviously uh, after the game, you're sipping on a little watermelon walk-off or a mariachi margarita. What do you drink when you're in Las Vegas? Do you bring these delicious Teller Spirit pre-made cocktails all the way to Vegas or – you just got to slum it with, like, a Bud Light. If they want to provide some for me to take with me on the road, <laughs> that would be very nice, and I would happily accept the free beverage and, uh, and spread the gospel here in this tranquil desert community. But if I'm going to answer your question accurately, I can tell you that I drink gallons of water at the end of every night and nothing uh, else. How, how do you, like, throughout the game keep your voice limber? Do you, like, do you have, like hot tea or lozenges or what what is your during the game method to stay limber my philosophy is that if you're trying to drink something during the game it's too late you need to hydrate all day ah. so that you're ready to go and i also don't want to have to go to the bathroom so i have a little bit of water just in case i start coughing or something like that um or just a little bit here and there but to me you have to hydrate all day so that you're ready to go by first pitch smart answer What's, Try. What's going to be on I the also other? got laryngitis earlier today, so I don't know if we if, if I'm a very uh, good source on this. Oh, my God. You got it again? No, no. I had it earlier, and then I was struggling there for a while, and I fought it off just enough. But, yeah, that's why I'm saying that in general, maybe I need to change my focus. I, I'm, I'm worried that your laryngitis might be chronic, not acute, my friend. Well, maybe it's contagious, too. I'm a, be ha. very careful. Oh, no. Over the microphone or just... <laughs> I hope it's only in person that no, I'm just significantly decreases my chances. <laughs> so uh, what do we expect on the pregame tonight? Um, talking to Jonathan Morales, and this is a guy who was not getting a whole lot of playing time at the start of the season, but whenever he did play, he produced. Now he's getting more playing time. He's by trade a catcher. He's playing a bunch of third base. He's playing well at third. He plays well at catcher he homered again yesterday three home runs in his last 13 games he's batting 321 he's got a 402 on base he just plays with a ton of energy and just wanted to get to know more about him and just you know a soft-spoken guy who basically does his um his talking on the field and just wanted to learn more about him and um you know what it's been like for him his first year with the isotopes sounds like a great pregame Thanks, dude. I'm sitting uh, right across from Chris Lurig of Safe House Distilling and Teller Vodka, and he told me 
not if you can take any, but how much can you legally take in your suitcase. So Ooh. get ready for some watermelon walk-off action on your well, next road trip. So when I, when I this is a true story, when I checked in the other day, you know, it's a 50-pound limit. I think my suitcase was 36 pounds, so we got a lot of okay. room. Oh, we got buffer. 13 got pounds, a that's room. a lot. That's <laughs> right. a lot. Hey, go Topes. Give them heck tonight, Josh. Will do. Thanks for your time. One more segment when we get back. Been a good program so far. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Take Animal. me to some person's house. Me, 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 me. Did I get it right? Is that the right that lyric? Karaoke. That's the other day when I saw your karaoke. I think that was exactly what you were singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is one of my favorites that I've never sang before until just now right now, I promise. Yeah. Welcome back to Two Men On at 95.9 FM and AM 610 Sports Animal. We are, of course, in the John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee, and we play on Team I-9. We start our days at the YMCA, and we end our days at Hollow Spirits. And then on the weekends, you know what we do? We sip ourselves some Teller Vodka, New Mexico's Vodka. Loyal listeners, friends of the show, I hope you enjoyed the special Van and Friends episode as we had a new guest every single segment except for my one yelling at the clouds segment where I told you sports fans how big a losers you are for making death threats to Tyreek Hill grow up. I'll reiterate. Thanks to Jeff Grammer of the Albuquerque Journal for joining us. Ned James, former UNM quarterback and NFL coach. Brandon Ortega of KOB-TV. Sebastian Noel of ProView Networks and the Duke City Gladiators, John Traub, Vice President and General Manager of the Isotopes, David Carl, Mr. Everything at New Mexico United, Josh Sushan, Voice of the Isotopes, and for the first time in the studio, thank you, Chris Lyrig of Safe House Distilling and Teller Vodka. Welcome back to the program, my guy. Thank you. I'm here so, for you. So what's next in the taster list here? I understand we have a, is it I think lavender doing, blueberry? Are we doing that or the grapefruit? Blueberry lavender. Blueberry lavender lemonade. Blueberry lavender lemonade. Tell me about this little sippy boy here. So we make a all-natural blueberry lavender vodka, and we basically just paired that with a lemonade straight in a can with a slight carbonation on it. You know, I just took a sip, and you can not only taste but smell just a hint of lavender. It's yeah. not like so we didn't want to overpower. It's not, it's not it lavender gets, forward. It gets like soapy when you do too much lavender, kind of like perfume and mm-hmm. like kind of soapy. Yeah. So we did it where it's just like there for like the aroma and flavor a little bit and doesn't get that soapiness from it. Honestly, you could smell it more than taste it. Yeah, that smooth like blueberry lemonade, and then like a little hint of lavender. You do quality work over there, my man. We try. We're where where did your where did your love of spirits come from? Like what started this journey? Uh, after UNM, I actually went back to Texas and opened and ran a distillery there for about seven years. And then you brought that knowledge back here? Yeah, and then brought it back to Albuquerque to kind of share what I learned over there back in New Mexico and bring those quality spirits back here. And so that's enough time in that loser hillbilly village state of Texas. Let's come back to the land of enchantment and bring this expertise if those are the words you want to use. Okay, my words, <laughs> my words, not yours. My words, not yours. So you said you just you just had your three year anniversary. 
Yeah, a couple weeks. Is that for Teller as a whole or just the brick-and-mortar safe house or the whole operation? Both of it. So we opened Safe House, which our first product was Teller Vodka. We opened that June 15th of 2019. Which is phenomenal. Right before COVID. I'm, I, I really like your gin, but yeah, your vodka is – The barrel-aged gin. The barrel-aged gin is excellent. But, I mean, your vodka should be the standard in New Mexico. It's so well-made. It's so smooth. Pairs with anything. I think it's a big deal. NBA draft. I hope you didn't bet on what everybody told you to bet on. The number one overall pick that everyone knew was coming, Jabari Smith, goes number three to the Rockets. Paolo Banchero, or Banchero, depending on how you pronounce whatever that name is, went number one to the Magic. He's a lot of fun to watch, and I think he's going to be a, an immediate contributor. The uh, the lanky seven-footer from Gonzaga went number two to the Thunder, as expected. So maybe, allegedly, supposedly, the Rockets got the steal of the draft as the number one, expected number one overall pick, Jabari Smith, dropped down to number three to uh, my hometown, Houston Rockets. I know, I see your Houston glass. I'm like, go uh, go H-Town, baby. I know. So how do you feel about, like... Cheating for like the World Series and everything. Cheating? You mean trying really hard? Is that what you mean? Is that what they called it? Trying harder than anybody else did? Is that what yes. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Albuquerque's own Alex Bregman and a bunch of other dudes that try really hard. Of course I love this team. No, seriously. Like the the two because I you know, I grew up right outside of Houston, grew up with the Astros, went to a ton of games, and uh I always had like a connection with the players. Like I, I knew them. Like I knew, I knew their personality. Like they had a little special place in my life and my heart, et cetera, et cetera. Like a sports fan does, especially a f- sports fan who's been indoctrinated since birth to like a sports team. So in 2017, when they won the World Series, I have legit never been happier in my life for the accomplishments of complete strangers. <laughs> Usually... My happiness in life is generated through my doings or through friends and families, their accomplishments, and my support of their accomplishments. But this complete group of strangers made me happier than I've ever been for a complete group of strangers and then ripped my heart out two years ago when I learned that they're a bunch of cheaters. Oh, you're admitting it. Except for Jose Altuve and Josh Reddick. You're admitting it? Everybody else cheated. Oh, admit it. Yeah, we we talk ad nauseum about these cheating astros on this program here. But there ain't no fault in trying really hard, right? Yeah, I mean, okay. been, been the rules. The Patriots, <laughs> made, the Patriots made a dynasty out of it. <laughs> you can make flat baseballs, maybe. Okay, who's who's your squad? Let's lambast your squad real quick. No, I'm not. I'm not getting into this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to get shamed publicly. The, what? What are the? Oh, worse than an Astros fan? How could it be worse than an Astros fan? Like, do you own multiple Subway sandwich shops? Like, how could how could it be? How could it be worse? <laughs> that is very true. I appreciate that. So what are the hours for your uh, tasting room and distillery? So right now we're open Thursday through Saturday, 4 p.m. to midnight. Uh, we keep 
expanding production too much, so we're using our tasting room during the week for more production to keep up with cans and bottling and everything. Smart. So, right now it's that. Check our social media and everything because the busier we get, the more it changes every week. And and you're looking, I don't know if this is public, but you're looking towards some expansion, right? You're looking to, 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 pedal, to pedal some more hooch. We're looking for the cans... At least five states probably in the next year for the cans and then bottles following behind it to Arizona, Colorado, Utah, everything. Are you going to have to like rebrand the cans? Like not the lemonades, obviously, but like nope. the isotope stuff, you're just going to... Well, the is- the isotope stuff will be coming behind it. We're still working with them on how we want to brand it and take okay. it to other states. We'll probably start with the grapefruit and the blueberry lemonade and then see from there if, how many more other products we bring in behind it. Smart, man. Those are hard hitters right there. Yeah. Start strong. Loyal listeners, friends of the show, thanks for joining us tonight. Had a lot of fun with it. Thanks for all of our guests. One more time, Jeff Grammer of the Albuquerque Journal, Ned James, former UNM quarterback and NFL coach, Brandon Ortega of KOB-TV, Sebastian Noel of ProView Networks and the Duke City Gladiators, John Traub. Vice President and GM of the Albuquerque Isotopes, David Carl, Mr. Everything at the Mexico United. Josh Sushan, voice the Isotopes, and owner, operator, head distiller, um, consumer. Janitor. A janitor. Yeah. Um, a chalkboard joke writer. Quality control. Uh, qual- a lot of quality control. Um, sporter of excellent beard. Twisted tea drinker. Uh, twisted tea uh, shotgunner. Shotgunner. Um, replacer of felt on pool tables. Felt placer. <laughs> yeah, felt replacer. Everything Chris Lurig of Safe House Distilling and Teller Vodka. Had a lot of fun with it today. Excited for the show tomorrow. All you hardcore Manfred and Fred Slow fans, your boy's back tomorrow. So you got your two men on, not the one men on with friends that we did all week. So appreciate all the phone calls, all the texts, uh, whether it's on the Sports Animal text line, 505-246-0610, or to my personal cell phone. The friends of the show went pretty active, went pretty hot today. Really appreciate you. We are Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AN610, The Sports Animal. You could find us at, at @talkabq on every social media talkabq.com look for us out in the community we do a lot more than just this radio show thank you so much for spending the day with me friends and family friends of the show and fans we're all fans you've been listening to two men on on 95.9 fm and am 610 the sports animal